the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Our heart will still lie to us. And sometimes we'll still be duped by our own heart and believe the lie. But we need need those things. We need the Bible and prayer and the direction of God and the fellowship of other believers to speak into our lives. We need all of that to kind of keep our heart in check because it's, it's deceptive. It's deceitful above all things. It's desperately wicked. And he says, who can know it? Today, Pastor Dan will warn you that the human heart is very deceptive. Our hearts can have control over our lives if we let them. They'll tell us things that simply aren't true. They'll say things like, you aren't good enough, or you need to do more to be accepted. These types of thoughts are directly in opposition to the Word of God. So how do we combat these types of things that our hearts tell us? By fighting them with the truth of God's Word. So when your heart turns against you, take time in Scripture. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. He shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man, so we have a contrast here, who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river, which speaks of stability, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and it will, be, and it will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. Uh, so these, these verses tell us of two ways to live. There, you, could, you can trust in human resources or you can trust in God's resources, the person who makes man his strength or trusts in human resources, he describes as like a shrub out in the desert that is growing in salted soil. In other words, this person's life will be barren, dried up, unattractive, uh, and and salted soil means that they're going to struggle just to survive, just to get by. In contrast, there's the person who makes God his strength and trusts in God's resources. That person will be like a tree that is planted by the waters. It sounds like uh, Psalm 1. 
which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. This person will be blessed. They will have life. They'll have fruitfulness. They'll have strength. They'll have stability. They'll they'll flourish even in the drought, even in the heat. They'll be able to endure life's adversities. In short, the difference here between uh, the person who trusts in man and his own flesh and his own ability and himself and the person who trusts in, in God is the difference between a cursed life and a blessed life. A life that flourishes and a life that just struggles to get by. Now, verse 9, verse 9 is one of the best-known verses in the book of Jeremiah and even in all of the Bible, really. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? He says the heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is the most deceptive thing in the world. Your heart and my heart are the most deceptive things we'll ever encounter in life. Your heart will deceive you more than anyone else will ever deceive you. My heart will deceive me more than anyone else will deceive me. Our hearts will lie to us more than any, other, any person will ever lie to us. Your heart will lie to you. My heart will lie to me. Our hearts will try to deceive us. You know, the, the, the popular opinion or the popular worldview today is that people are basically good and that their heart is basically good, but that's not what the Bible says. That's not the worldview of the Bible. The Bible tells us that, that man by nature is sinful and rebellious and man's heart is deceptive. Man's heart is, is wicked. If, if man is basically good, the world would be filled with goodness. And it's not. It's filled with sin. It's filled with wickedness. And that's because the heart of every person is deceptive above all things. The word deceptive here, it means, uh, it, it has the idea of being sly and it has the idea of, of uh, being tricky or trickery. Our, our own heart, your heart, will deceive you. Your own heart will trick you. Right? Your heart will, will trick you into believing that something that is wrong is right. And something that is right is wrong. And your heart will convince you that it's okay. That it's okay for you to do this. It, it tricks us. Our heart lies to us, right? Your heart is a liar. (laughs) My heart is a liar. Again, you hear people say things like, you know, just just do what's in your heart or, or follow your heart. Your heart's a liar. Your heart is a deceiver. You you would not give that same counsel to someone. If you would not tell them to blindly follow a person who has been a habitual liar and a habitual deceiver 
and has tricked you in the past, you wouldn't say, well, just, just do whatever they tell you to do. I know they've got this long history of lying to you and tricking you and deceiving you, but just, just do whatever they tell you to do with this major life decision. But that's what we tell people to do with their heart. The heart's desperately wicked. It's not just, it's not just wicked, it's desperately wicked. The word desperate here, it means sick. It means, it means uh, incurable. You know, it's just, it's just full of corruption. You know, kind of beyond, beyond uh, remedy. This, this is why we need to be born again. This is why we need a new heart from God. This is, this is also why we need to uh, read the Bible every day. And this is why we need to search the scriptures for directions and answers uh, and, and for our life's questions. This is why we need to pray and ask God to direct our steps. This is why we need to be in fellowship with other believers that, and have other believers in our lives that we can talk to and talk through things that we're trying to figure out and decide and going through uh, so that they can speak into our lives. Because even with all of those things, even with being in the Word and searching the Scriptures and praying and having other brothers and sisters in Christ that can speak into our lives, our heart will still lie to us. And sometimes we'll still be duped by our own heart and believe the lie. But we need, we need those things. We need the Bible and prayer and the direction of God and the fellowship of other believers to speak into our lives. We need all of that to kind of keep our heart in check because it's, it's deceptive. It's deceitful above all things. It's desperately wicked. And he says, who can know it? Who can know? You, you, you don't know your own heart. I don't know my own heart. We think that we do. But we can't know our own heart. Now look at verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Now verse 10 answers the question of verse 9. Who can know it? Only God really knows the heart. Only God really knows the thoughts of the heart. He, he knows our human nature and our motives and our intentions. And he knows our schemes. He knows, you know, the lies that our heart is telling us and convincing us to believe. God can see through all of that. That's why we need to go to God for direction. Direct our steps. Verse 11 now, he, he gives a, a, a proverb here. Um, and the proverb is, uh, it contains a warning about the deceptiveness uh, of, or of ill-gotten gain, of riches that we get through uh, inappropriate actions. And again, remember, a, a proverb in the Bible is like a general rule or a general principle for life. It doesn't mean that it's true in every situation and every circumstance. But generally speaking, uh, these things are true in life. And he says here, as a partridge that broods but does not hatch, so is he who gets riches but not by right, not rightly. It will leave him in the midst of his days, and at his end he will be a fool. And so here he's talking about those who get riches but not rightly. They get it through deception or they get it through scheming. 
and he compares it to a partridge, which is a bird. Uh, a partridge will uh, sit on eggs that it didn't lay and brood over them and then hatch these chicks. And at some point, the chicks will realize that this partridge isn't my mom. And the chicks will leave. And so here you have this partridge that's going to spend all that time brooding over these eggs and caring for them. They hatch. And then at some point, those baby chicks will realize this is not my mother. And, and they'll reject the partridge and they'll leave. And that partridge is left with nothing. And here the meaning of this proverb is that the person who gets rich by unjust means will eventually lose it. And will look foolish. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. And he's talking here too about it. You know, you, you put in the time, you put in the work, you put in the energy to make this money by scamming people. And then at some point, You'll lose the money, and it's not really worth all the effort, because you're going to lose it anyways. And he says here, uh, you know, uh, the, the riches will leave him in the midst of his days, or at, at midlife. And so maybe for this person, uh, they're able to scam people for maybe even years, maybe 20 years. You know, they, they get pretty far down the line in this thing before it catches up with them, uh, and then... They lose it all and they, they look foolish because now they're at, you know, 50 years old and they've lost everything because they've been scamming people all along. Now what do they do with their life? It's just better to make your money legitimately. But here, you know, the people of Judah, they're scamming each other. They're ripping each other off. And he's saying sort of like, hey, this is going to catch up with you one day. And you're going to look foolish. It goes on in verse 12 to say, A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. Speaking of the temple there in Jerusalem, it's this glorious high throne. And he says to Judah, you know, we have this glorious high throne in Jerusalem this, that is our place of sanctuary. Why would you forsake this glorious high throne of Yahweh? Our Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. He describes the Lord Yahweh here as the hope of Israel. He's the hope of Israel. Why Why would Israel forsake him? Why would you forsake your hope? He says you do it to your shame. It says their names are written in the earth. Their names are not written in heaven. They're written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. Remember back in chapter 2, the Lord said, you've 
to Judah, you've committed two evils. You've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and you've hewn for yourself cisterns, tanks to hold water. He says they're broken cisterns that hold no water. You've exchanged this, this fountain of living water and you've replaced it with a broken cistern that leaks and doesn't hold any water. He goes on here in verse 14. Now look at, the, look at the prayer of Jeremiah in verse 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. The, the people of Judah, they trusted in man. They trusted in their own resources and their own riches. But Jeremiah, he looked to Yahweh. And Jeremiah says to Yahweh, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me. And I shall be saved. He's not trusting in anything else. He's just looking to the Lord. And then he says, for you are my praise. Even when he needed healing, even when he needed saving, Jeremiah could praise God. He's asking for healing. He's asking for salvation. But he's able to say, you're my praise. It reminds me of a a couple other verses. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 42. You don't have to turn there. But Psalm 42, there the psalmist says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. There the psalmist is cast down, their soul is cast down, their soul is disquieted within them, but they say, yet I shall praise God. I'm still going to praise him in spite of how I feel, in spite of how I'm cast down. I'm still going to praise the Lord. In spite of my circumstances, I'm still going to praise Him. That's, that's how we want to respond, right? That's what we want to get to. Where we just continue to praise God during the difficulties in life and during the hard times. Just like Jeremiah here. He needed healing. He needed salvation. He needed deliverance. But he was still praising God. You know, there's another verse Uh, that you can jot down, Uh, Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Listen to what Habakkuk says. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, And the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And even if everything fails in my life, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Isn't that where you want to be? Right When those times come in life, when those trials come, it's nice to read about them. I, I would rather read about them than actually go through them. But we've got to go through them. And when we go through them, you know, I, I want to be the person who says, yet I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Even though everything's caving in around me, I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord and praise Him. That's Jeremiah here. He's just praising the Lord. Look at verse 15. Indeed, they say to me, well, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. You know, Jeremiah, um, 
Jeremiah ministered for over 40 years. For over 40 years, he was telling the people that if they don't repent, judgment's coming. And he kept telling them and telling them and telling them and telling them year after year after decade after decade. And finally, the the people just thought, well, it hasn't happened. Jeremiah doesn't know what he's talking about. Jeremiah's full of it. And so people started mocking Jeremiah, saying, well, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. What, what's, holding, what's holding things up, Jeremiah? Why hasn't God judged us yet? What's God waiting for? You keep telling us he's going to judge us and nothing's happened. You know, uh, we see a similar passage in the New Testament, with Second Peter chapter 2, or chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 to 9, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last day, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, well, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were before, uh, from the beginning of creation, which is not true. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There, Peter tells us that in the last days there will be scoffers, there will be mockers who mock the idea of Jesus Christ coming again. Well, where is he? Where is the promise of his coming? Just like in Jeremiah's day, where they're saying, well... You know, where, where is it, Jeremiah? Where's this, this, you know, word of the Lord? Let it come now. Why hasn't it happened yet? And in the last days, there'll be mockers who mock the second coming of Jesus Christ. And what we're told in Peter is that the reason that the Lord has delayed his return is because he's long-suffering. And he's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance and salvation. He, he's waiting for more people to get saved. Instead of judged. And so Jeremiah, he's dealing with these mockers in his day. They're saying to him, well, where is the word of the Lord? Let it, let it come now. What's God waiting for? And then he goes on here in verse 16. Jeremiah says, as for me, I have not hurried away from being a shepherd who follows you, nor have I desired the woeful day You know what came out of my lips. It was right there before you. Here Jeremiah says to the Lord, Hey, I haven't tried to escape the calling that you put on my life, even though it's a difficult calling. Uh, He he goes on to say, uh, I haven't desired the woeful day. You know what has come out of my lips. It was right there before you. You know, he was faithful to to declare God's word to his people. Even though it was difficult. It was just, it's like, uh, like the Apostle Paul in the New Testament in Acts chapter 20 when he meets with the leaders of the church in Ephesus for, for the last time before he's executed. Uh, and he says to them, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. 
We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Jeremiah. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Dan, please visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy. And between work, school, family, and all of our other obligations, it's hard to find time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. When you call, please feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. We'd be happy to pray with and for you. We also appreciate your prayers for this radio ministry. Please tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.